But we should start. I'm gonna. I need. I need to start today's mm-hmm. podcast. We don't. We're gonna run out of space on this card in two hours, so we don't have that much time. Okay. But I do want to um, recite a fun fact. <laughs> it's based on a uh, a post. It's according to a little post that um, this. You know, the, something that I wrote back in the day. That you know, one of the paragraphs says. Finishes with, this is a natural consequence of having been told from childhood that you are a unique snowflake. So. <laughs> so it's nothing get, to do with black licorice. No. Okay. No, we can. Because we that's also a fun fact, but a useless one. That, that one is useless. But this fun fact, I don't know. Actually, it is useful because. Uh, so here the fun fact is snowflakes aren't unique. There's actually a finite arrangement of frozen aerosize, uh, uh aerosolized water do you know what is always unique potatoes a lab i was in cloned a potato a bunch to try and get it to get it to make drugs instead of starch what kind of lab this was but, uh, and i was blown away that the clones were all unique so when someone is acting like they are unique when the only thing unique about them is their bullshit just think potato and to which I replied, and telling someone they are a unique potato is the greatest backhanded compliment of right. all time. Man, you're you are a unique potato. Potato, like I. There's a there's a, apparently a fucking lab down in Peru that is like the potato science. Uh, I, I guess Institute of the World. Yeah, like they they have almost every breed that is known of potato stored here in case there's like an apocalypse oh and they also develop so it's like the seed vault i would have for yeah, sure thought that was in ireland i know right but i mean it makes sense because the andes and all like that they're like major potato growing people i don't know when they got if, the potato Did if we bring all the potato potatoes there? look different wouldn't a unique potato be one that looked like another potato Ooh. Who let Sam in here? <laughs> I didn't say what's a potato. <laughs> oh, that's true. Okay, point, point. Yeah. Um, oh man, that was from that fucking show. They go. Uh, and I can't remember the show. It has Zach something. Gilfinakis. No, oh. Br- Br- uh, I was gonna say Zach Braff, but it's not. <laughs> I can't. Ron. I can't. I can't remember his fucking name. It's the only Zach. Teen. Zach teen. Morris. Teen actor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Saved by the Bell. That's it. Um. And some fucking Lard Hamilton wannabe looking guy. Uh, they travel around and go do shit. Um, they went down to Peru and they went into. The, I, th- I can't believe this is a fucking TV show. That that's oh, not what they went to Peru for. Oh, but, it's uh, fucking. It's that Zac Efron. Yeah, show. Efron. Efron. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. The one that's on Netflix or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of a. It, it's an entertaining show to some degree. Um, some of it's just fucking aggravating when they start talking about the nutrient density of like a fucking fruit and how it's a superfood. I just want to like rip my hair out. But Oh, you posted like a story about that last week, I think. Did I? I met, yeah, I think something to do with that show or whatever. I can't remember. Speak- oh, 
It had to do with the water because they, they went to That's France to do the water thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you get the water <laughs> thing sorted out yet? How your, looks Jeez. like there's some measurable dissolved solids in that mug you're drinking from. Uh, yep. That'd be coffee. <laughs> 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 yeah. And then I, I've got this going on, um, which I, I don't I guess sparkling water there's some <laughs> which uh which it's delicious naturally essenced that's it the flavor is naturally essenced <laughs> yeah interesting we should sell something that is just naturally essenced like we have it in the room Isn't of whatever we're doing personalities and that's what we're yeah selling. like our water would be essenced with spite or something like spite enhanced water is that different than fluoride I, it's funny. I must, I must have that in my house already. They must pipe that in for me because maybe that's been the problem the whole time. You're drinking your own tap water. No, I'm, I think I'm, it's I think I'm it's enhanced the, with spite. Yeah, I think it's the source. Like yeah. it's like going to the spring itself. You think? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, when people talk to me, they definitely get something that I'm not. It's like created. It's emanating from my being unconsciously. Yeah, yeah. I can I can see that. It's like I have like some kind of black hole into nothingness that you know is the center of my energy instead of i don't know whatever my black hole chakra so that's the Which that's one? the eighth chakra I, it's <laughs> in between the root and the crown for sure I, there's something okay. that's like a black hole that's there i was i was gonna say it's i don't want to know where it is i want to know what it's next to <laughs> even, even that you might not want to know that's yeah, probably true that's probably true it's that same part of your body that hurts when you sit on a bike for too long. Oh, my soul. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's where your soul is, is in that... Uh, that middle region between two things. Perineum. Yeah, the taint Perineum. Perineum? Perineum. Perineum. There. Yeah, that one. Gooch. There it is. <laughs> now we're all on the same page. Um, I do want to talk to you publicly i guess this is almost publicly about, about an issue <laughs> it's not live but it sure. will go out to the, yeah exactly some of the public um so aaron came in this morning and she goes man i really got to talk to michael about something and i went oh is this going to be serious and she goes i can't keep watching love island till two in the morning <laughs> she's so i watched like one episode i'm like fuck these people uh, this is really like you know where my spy comes from <laughs> so you're you're like replenishing your spite yeah, on a nightly by watching basis. this tv show okay. and she's like <laughs> and it's kind of funny how like i watch the tv show in hopes that something bad will happen to these people it's like watching nascar yeah, yeah. go <laughs> go crash into that wall. go fast turn left hit something that's kind of how dating shows go in reality um and <laughs> Wait, this uh, is generally this is love island so it's fuck island light yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> is that yeah <laughs> Like they're close to but being for under, adults. They're close to being yeah. underage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and there's no politicians Jeez. involved. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, but are any of these people going to be politicians in the future? Oh, I you hope know, so. having God launching damn. their political careers from this mega hit of a series. I mean, uh, not a mega hit. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's the deal with Aaron thinking that it's me driving. Touché. We watch one episode or something, yeah. and I want to do something else. And then she's like, "Let's just watch one more." And I'm like, "Okay." And then it's two in the morning. So, a way for her to to, to, ch- 
change responsibility about who's driving the Love Island marathon. <laughs> the Love Island train. Yeah. It is a fucking fantastic show if you hate people and want to revel in that hatred. Oh, so it's like Survivor? Or literally any other reality TV show. Survivor, yeah. but yeah. with more millennials. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, so nothing happens. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's nothing good that happens in that show. Okay. It's a total waste of time other than it, like really keeps me in touch with how much I dislike people. Does everybody on that show think they're a potato? Yes. <laughs> I've lost the logic on that one. So they're <laughs> not all the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, Fuck. I, I just don't... It, it's really funny to see the generic, like, you know, quote-unquote fit guys that they pull into it. Like, and then the generic... Um, Instagram influencer female type where you like if you saw a silhouette of any of these people your brain would be like fit person or attractive female but anything closer than like 10 feet and you're like dear god like that person like they are they have all the tricks that fake the attraction thing like all the guys you know are, are logically lean and you know pretty muscular mm -hmm. but they're also just fucking worthless like you, you see how they train because they're training how on the show. How is that attractive? That worthless part. Um, well, it means attainable. Oh, and things that are trainable, I'm attracted to <laughs> in general. <laughs> if something is attainable, yeah, you know, it's not worthless to me because I can show all the other people that I got it, and that that's kind of how fitness works in these things. Like they're they're just bench pressing and doing like the bear. Uh, like they must just diet. To, to get the leanness or the muscular look it's I haven't watched somebody do an actual training session in like 47 episodes of this fucking show and you probably never will no I and they train every day you see it but they're it's literally bench pressing every day huh maybe that's the secret it could be it's funny this is kind of a weird mark the one girl that came on that seemed like she was like legitimately um, didn't have like a mental illness. She's or, gone. She's got to be. She's gone. for sure gone. She got kicked out really, really quickly. But she trained hard. Like she would wake up before everybody, and she was doing like you know sprints and stuff back and forth They're in the like, yard. Whoa, this is way too motivating. <laughs> Let's get her off the show. But I, I thought it was like you know it's anecdotal, but she was like the one that was pretty in touch with like how. Uh, how like she was feeling and like her personality type. She's pretty honest with everybody about whether she likes somebody or not. And she was the only one who trained hard. And I was like, that makes perfect sense. None of the red flags went off when they tried to cast. They're like, you're way too honest for this. Um, I, is it, um, is getting on one of these shows like jury duty? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought about like They uh, want to just pick the Stupidest, most easily manipulated people possible. So this do, is what I think. So if you want to get on the show, do you just like write back on the on the um, uh, whatever the the form? I hate Jews, and they'll be like, "Yeah, you're perfect for this." Yeah, <laughs> this will be controversial. <laughs> so I think you know this, those stereotypes that don't exist that we're not allowed to talk about them. Okay. So I think they took stereotypes I'm, of every demographic they could think of and mm -hmm. put it into a television show. Oh, so like the frat boy, oh, yeah, yeah, uh -huh. bench press all the time. Probably the sounds like they got a sorority few of those. girl. 
I didn't know this, but they have a two drink minimum per night. Or I uh, sorry, maximum. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, yeah. I they going to ma- say minimum. That <laughs> would be way more fun. <laughs> I think so too. Minimum made more sense. But actually. I think the yeah. debauchery would get uncontainable. Well, that's real world. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a disaster. I think they already do that shit. But this, they want people to be coherent at least, so they like maximize it. And it's kind of unsaid. Somebody else had to tell me because this is apparently is a show from the UK. And so in the UK, they're pretty like only two drinks. And you're like, that makes sense that they have to like let people know, you know, it's only two drinks. They're not being un-English. They're just like, <laughs> they're only having two <laughs> drinks so that we can understand what the fuck they're saying. Oh, because otherwise it <laughs> yeah. might babbling descend into. We I, have a very handsome UK friend that should go on that show. Uh, assuming that's not the one you're talking about. Craig? Oh, I was thinking of Lee. I've been trying to get Craig to go on Temptation Island ever since we basically since he came here because we made him watch Temptation Island and he got super into it and when he got back to the UK he couldn't watch it they don't have it there so he asked us to give him updates whenever we watched <laughs> they it. don't have it there yeah because it is the island they are, a, they're already there they live on the <laughs> island <laughs> <laughs> except it's not tempting oh look I even have a group message on WhatsApp with Craig. It says it's called Temptation Island. I wonder if I could find um, the one where he's talking about it, where he just messaged us and he was like, Carlos, I can't. <laughs> he like impersonated one of the characters from this fucking show and it was perfect. So between Craig and Lee, do we know the two most handsome men in the UK? <sighs> Probably. I think we do. Yeah. One, one, from, one from up north and one from the proper one stands around with their leg up in the air the other one's been <laughs> on every cover of men's fitness forever yeah he should i mean here's the the sad part is lee would not get along well on that show he's a little he bit too genuine um and he works way too hard yeah i think so man is it, that another show about people that don't work very hard <laughs> all of these shows i mean if they did they wouldn't be on the show right oh because they'd have a job <laughs> or 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 some that they would have to yeah. be at yeah <laughs> yeah maybe or, some morals and values and one of the funny parts about it though is they filmed it's still being filmed right now I think it's not over yet so it's being filmed during the pandemic so I don't know how they're organizing that but they're in Vegas and so Vegas is dead so they're like using every casino they want and there's no people anywhere and there's like oh, that, that's interesting and there's no clubs open so that they basically converted a club into their like apartment that they're using. And so when they come in, there's no mask or anybody, but they have this like really weird separation where you like, I, they're not allowed to go outside of that apartment. So they're stuck there for fucking months. And after about two weeks, you see people getting a little bit antsy, like yeah. twitching weird. <laughs> Island is figurative. Yes. Well, the first one not was literal. in Fiji. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the first one was a technical Island. So they'd be actually vis-a-vis the virus quite a bit safer if they were outside in the heat and so they're in vegas outside all day so it's actually probably pretty safe yeah i would imagine so what do you what do you figure like the general economic health of the population of las vegas is right now hot (sighs) i mean are we talking about like majority smokers (laughs) no i'm talking about if there are no casinos open, no clubs open, you know, economic health. Eco- that yeah, part. yeah, okay, yeah. Um, did, I might not have said it. I might have. No, you did. <laughs> forgotten. Yeah. Okay. Is there a separation? 
Pardon? Like, it, there's not really a separation between, like... Oh, yeah, economic health and actual... And, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, oh, like... Shit. I mean, especially if we're talking about uh, being stressed and, like, that influencing your, you know, state of disease or mm-hmm. your immune system. They they have to go hand in hand, right? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, is Vegas... I mean, it's one of those places where, it's like, the majority of the economy is mm-hmm. the service industry. Yes. Hotels... Yeah, every, everything. everything. And so I think do, you're right. You just turn a, turn a city off. Arca- like casinos are open again, though. I think. Yeah, they have been open for a while. Like, like two, you have to wear two a mask. People per table. Yeah, there's something. I mean, they're gonna find a way to get get theirs. Um, well, there's all those Donny dollars floating around. People in Vegas got to use them on something. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're almost gone. Apparently. <laughs> I mean, can't they just make more coming up? Yeah, they. Yeah, but. We're um, we're what like thirty weeks into? Oh yeah, so you probably or, only have about half of it left. Uh, yeah, okay, <laughs> <laughs> down to six hundred dollars. Yeah, or yeah. I whatever. mean, by all means, that's the projection that they were thinking, right? Like, I think so. <laughs> I, but I just, just met. Couldn't Uncle Donnie just print more of his dollars and just start passing them around? What, Can I call him Uncle it, Donnie? Get, I was about <laughs> to say Uncle. <laughs> Uh, because I go, yeah, that that makes sense because I have like this term, Uncle Bad Touch. Right, you wouldn't also, want your kids around him. Yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> Uncle Bad Touch got white pee on my front butt. That's <laughs> the term. <laughs> I believe with Uncle Donnie, it's real pee. Uh, <laughs> it's true. It's just, just like good the, old urine. <laughs> just the because the because there's like a. Slow drip. All I was the thinking time, enlarged or? prostate. Yeah. Do you think? Okay. Funny <laughs> enough, as true or untrue that might be. Do you think if that video surfaced, it would change anything no. at all? I don't think so either. He literally said he would grab girls by the pussies, and nobody cared. I mean, people yeah. cared, but they nothing tried to happened. Care. They tried to care. The people that needed to care didn't care. Um, yeah, the people I'm, who could have done something. Right meaningful potentially I mean, that was like useful. right in the middle of the me too movement too and nobody gave a shit it was before he got elected right yeah, yeah. that is baffling to me i i mean it really is impressive like there's like some kind of trick that's going on where like somebody has a verbal dramatic force field like words and like <laughs> and the drama that follows him does not affect it's that individual. It's almost because he just like walks around like he doesn't give a shit that all do of a sudden people just like stop giving a shit. We just like go on to something else. Do you know what I think of it as? Like the whole politico politico sphere, whatever you want to call it, is like when you're um, a child and you're playing with your GI Joes or whatever, and you you know you have rules for how you climb things and get in jeeps and stuff. And your friend comes over and just starts like flying around with his GI like Joe that Superman. has no flight capability. <laughs> yeah, and then you like shoot something at him. He goes, "No, I've got a force field." You know, get the fuck out of here! Like, get out of my game. Yeah, he has <laughs> that. <laughs> That's how other politicians <laughs> feel. Like, it's not fair. We're not playing by the same rules. <laughs> Like, there was a rumor about me being gay, and I'm out. Well, I was saying, <laughs> yeah. Brian Callen's career at this point is over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His podcast is over. I don't think he's on his show anymore. What did he, he can't do? work. Nothing that I can gather. Well, he should have done something. What so, was he accused of? He was accused oh. of oh, I uh, thought you meant sexually he... assaulting a girl like 20 years ago. Oh. And then, like, saying, like, 
like verbally saying women love rape, but not doing it. Something like that. I Ooh. don't quote me on that, anybody. But yeah. it was something to that effect. I mean, and his, but his shit ended before anything was proven. Sure, yeah, yeah. There's video recording of Donald Trump <laughs> saying, "I grabbed her by the <laughs> pussy," and nothing happened. You could just he grab became them. president because of it. Yeah, you could just grab them. They don't even say if you're famous, you can just kind of do whatever you want. <laughs> and I can't even figure out what Donald Trump's famous and, for, other than his dad gave him a bunch of money. He proved that it's true. Yeah, I mean that people, if you're famous, people don't care or something. Yeah, or, or money. There has to be something. There has to be an advantage behind it before somebody yeah. cares. I feel like I need to look that up to get that accurate. What? Whatever Brian Callen said. Oh yeah, not that I, not that he's. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not that familiar me, with him, other than he's on Burt Kresher's thing every once in a while, or Joe Rogan's podcast every once in a while. Like he, he's in that comedian yeah. sphere, but I don't think I like his comedy that much from what I know of it. At least, you know, from what I know of it. Um, I, I, I've heard the name, but I associate it with the the the, the comedian sphere. But right. I don't know. <laughs> All sorts of different spheres going on. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, that, but there was a lot of people in the past two months that kind of got canceled, right? Yeah, it was him and uh, Delia, Delia, which I guess more stuff has come out about Delia. I haven't paid attention. Um, like that he's not that good of a comedian? That and <laughs> maybe he does enjoy the uh, company of women that might be under the age of, say, 18. Yeah, I, I mean, that's weird, I think. I, I think it's weird. So this says that... I mean, just mostly because what, what would you talk about? I would have a hard time... I mean, even... It sucks to like kind of imagine this now, but it's hard to imagine somebody under the age of 25 having anything relevant to say. And it, I mean, I was at that age and thought everything was so important that I was doing. So I, I understand the, the dichotomy that, that happens yeah. where you're like, people would just shake their head at me. And I was like, no, what I'm saying is really important. But now I'm like, nah, it wasn't that important. <laughs> and if somebody else is under 25 and says something and they're not like a boy genius or something or like a, a female whiz kid, I guess I'll balance out the scales. Yeah. <laughs> then who gives a fuck you're 25 you don't know shit somebody's gonna be so mad at you that whiz kid is lower than genius uh is it though i don't know well, it might not be i don't know the hierarchy of those terms i always so, thought it meant something else but <laughs> we're back to donald trump again yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um it's kind of hard to ignore so so we had um some i guess we'll just go right into it um Fuck Jim Jones? <laughs> Is that going to be the name of this episode? I think it has to be. And I wanted to like kind of warm up into it so it's not just a session geared towards that. But there was some f funny shit that happened. Yeah. And by funny, um, I mean kind of <laughs> aggravating. Do <laughs> um, you want to set up what happened? I don't know. I mean, it, <laughs> um, there's some there's some confusion about uh, who did what, when. Can, can um, we clear that confusion up? Because I have questions. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just going to say I, uh, I reacted finally this week mm -hmm. to something that has been going on for a while, which is the, um, you know, the, the, the entity, the brand, the organization, whatever, that is Jim Jones, um, was confusing the brand itself 
with individuals who do things, mm -hmm. I guess. Like that the, the brand was responsible for training anybody, whoever, mm -hmm. but specifically in this case um, for movies. Right. Uh, which is a claim that has had been made before, and then and you know post hostile takeover, post um, me not being there. Which is in two thousand fifteen. Um, no, the, the, during the, the, the corporate maneuver and the cease and desist letter were both February twenty sixteen. Okay. Lisa and I were mid divorce proceedings at that point. Mm. It was going to take another eight months before that was finalized. Mm -hmm. It had been you know, initiated two years before. And uh, so there was um, some maneuvering, let's say, to, uh, you know, back a different horse, even though that horse was not, uh, you know, could be the face of the, the organization, the face of the brand, um, but had originated absolutely zero. So the sort of miscrediting of certain work, certain content, et cetera, began at that time. Mm -hmm. And after uh, we signed the final agreements, there was a sort of a two-year period of non-disparagement of, of um, you know, certain regulations about how we could refer to each other, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was going to, I, I believe I respected it despite, you know, having articles such as twitching with Twite, you know, remaining on the Jim Jones website for a while, but attributed to Jim Jones as the author. And that particular article, um, you know, was first published in 1999, I believe, yep. which predated the existence of Jim Jones as an entity, as a legal entity by eight years, because it wasn't incorporated till 2007. So you're not just talking about um, like uh, maybe a disagreement with a, like signed paperwork, but actual plagiarism. I mean, there was that uh, at at that time until it got pointed out to them, you know, via an attorney, I believe mm -hmm. that like, look, this this is copyrighted material, and you know, it, it's remained on the it remained on the site attributed to Jim Jones all the way until um, there was a list and of stuff that needed to be taken down stuff that you know i was copyrighted to me as an individual um the 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 company attorney the corporate attorney's assertion was that anything that i did when i was still part owner of jim jones mm -hmm. uh, was were considered work for hire and so therefore owned by the corporation but they couldn't prove it because that's not the case there was right. never a signed agreement there was never a, a letter there was never um, so, uh, they had to eat that, Well, when which you, meant that when you're doing projects that are, are, are specifically like movie jobs or things that they're taking credit for, when you go on those jobs, there, there was a push from, from even you being an owner of, of Jim Jones to yeah. try to get, um, the production company to hire Jim Jones as right. a company that came in and they were adamantly against that. Yes. In fact, there's like... Multiple times where they said, no, it's an individual that we bring on yes. that works for the production company. Exactly. And all of the contracts that I, or, or deal memos mm -hmm. that were ever signed are me as an individual, my right. name. It's me being offsite. You know, very, none of that training happened at the location because, you know, you go where it's, I mean, movies go where the tax credits or the, or whatever, the labor, the, you know, 
royalty kind of rules are the you know the most favorable yeah which is never salt lake city um, <laughs> and so all those jobs were always done offsite by an individual who was also responsible for the training. And yeah, we tried to get, make the alliance there so that the company could benefit in some way, mm-hmm. um, you know, recognition wise, et cetera. But it, it, because it's kind of the point is like, I don't want to be the product. Right. Yeah. Right. It'd be nice if the company had, you know, whatever, um, and, but it, anyway, despite having uh, an agreement in the term sheet that we all signed that, look, any, you know, Jim Jones can, is responsible for correcting any misattributions mm-hmm. now and in the future. And that shouldn't, that wasn't just a, you know, two year thing, although maybe that's how, you know, they think it should read and that'd have to be something that a judge would decide. But fuck that. Right now, um, some things are being judged in the court of public opinion not the court of you know you know civil well i think in some cases that's the kind of the best way to do it in in especially under these circumstances where there's like an obvious misstep that's happening which is taking credit or i guess assuming credit without directly saying and being very careful with with your wording as to point to the fact that you were part of a thing that you weren't actually part of yes so um, I guess in plain language, the only person that I know that would be around during these jobs would have been Lisa. And yeah. she had trained somebody for a movie, Repo Man, yes. on her own. So if she wanted to take credit for that and talk about that specifically, by all means. But anything other than that, pretty much anybody that, you know, you, me, Jamie Lavelle, Annette, like... Nobody is there that has experience on movie jobs. Yeah, um, that would ha- have been what they're talking about. I. Well, e- none of them. I never saw any of them on any of those jobs. Right, and you know, the the people who were with me, you know, that, that none of them are there. Right. <laughs> I mean, and, and so when they come out and say something like, you know, movie prep team kicks off today, and they say, you know, train like the stars, literally. The first three phases of this program will follow the exact regimen we used for our biggest movie clients, but with direct access to a coach that we've uh, never offered before. Which is just a lie, um, because all um, the all and then the, the rest of the things. program. Well, yeah, yeah, the, the, yeah exactly. So the rest of the program will be built on everything we learned from working with our movie teams. Along with some new stuff we've got up our sleeves. All the you know, stuff whatever. they learned for the people that learned it that are no longer there. Yeah. The exact regimen. The you know, for all of all of our biggest movie clients. Like there like, was I, a like, regimen. <laughs> like there was a, <laughs> oh, and, and that it was the same one applied right. to all of them. <laughs> yeah, you get thirty guys or whatever it does make sense to on a given day have them all do the same thing even if they you know are training at different times yeah because make designing you know 30 different individual fucking workouts every day for you know seven days a week that's a that'd be that'd be a tall ask yeah um but but, given the environment i'd say unnecessary oh absolutely yeah absolutely but but it's for sure um let's just say that you know superman uh 
did not train in the same, you know, you follow the same regimen as his father. You mean he didn't do 2K rows for time every day? Oh, is that Superman's dad? That's the <laughs> regiment we give everybody, right? Oh, oh right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or <laughs> get get faster each time. Yeah. Y- y- yes. I, I, I mean, it is. So people understand how ridiculous the nature of like trying to sell this program is. Although stuff was done. Like there are things that got done on the day that were decided almost on the day or yeah. very close to it based on the reaction and what you wanted from people or what I wanted from people or, you know, however we, we organize or this how thing. they assimilated the previous four days. Right. Or yeah, that, there is a, there is a, a log of what has happened, but it is yes. not in any sense of the word, a program that would make sense to follow. And I think that's why you've never released it. Like it's never been this thing where you're like, no, I'm keeping the secret from people. Yeah, because you're pretty adamant about no, it's not these numbers. It's this style of interacting with humans and paying attention, and then applying more stress, or letting go, or getting positive feedback, or negative feedback, or having conversations, or delving into the psychology of what all this stuff is. That's the program. Yeah. The program is developing a human being on an individual basis, even if it's group training, which yes. the group helps foster the individual. And so it's almost like trimming a forest and caring what kind of trimmers you use when in reality you're doing all of this work on individual things that make a greater whole and the tool that you use is the least important aspect of it oh yeah but it's also the only thing you can sell (laughs) true yeah yeah right like that and and that's and and therein lies the that's that's why you know you fucking step in the coyote trap or whatever is because you're, you see the thing, okay, here's something that can be sold. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, I, if I can't sell that, I can use it to bolster my visibility so that I can sell, you know, my t-shirts or right. something. But, but ultimately, like, I, I don't understand, I mean, I do completely understand why, you know, uh, it's happening. I mean, they did a promotion with whoop the little fitbit style you know thing also around the 300 workout that was like three months ago or four months ago or whatever um that you know basically (laughs) wear a whoop do the 300 workout submit your time and somebody wins a fucking pro you know but and then it's like relying again on jim jones that you know trained all these guys for this movie and this is the workout and you can test yourself against it and you know and i don't know who got paid but i'm sure somebody did because you don't do a collab unless there's, you know, it's mutually right. beneficial in some way. Well, right. you, you know, I turned in my otherwise. time oh, yeah? for the 300 thing, um, but I, I, I didn't do very well because I added in the time in which to do the mental gymnastics yeah. in order to arrive at a place where I understood them getting credit for the 300 thing. That that adds considerably so to you, your time, but it also makes everything heavier. <laughs> yeah, so it's harder. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. you set everything up to do it, and then you just couldn't. That's anymore. RX plus. Yeah, I did the RX plus. So you exactly. <laughs> I just turn in my time of fifteen minutes and thirty seconds. I, I, what, I just fifteen years later. So I, I would I say a lot of this is. Um, um, your fault and I in I would assume some responsibility my fault as well because I think um and I've learned it from you so I would take credit for it but there there's something that 
when something ends, I just move on, right? Like it to acknowledge something that's over gives it power that it doesn't deserve over me myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I almost, it just goes away. Like, yes, Jim Jones in the past was highly influential. It shifted the entire being that I am, but there was a day when that stopped and I just had to keep going forward. And it doesn't do anybody any good, I thought at the time, to stop and explain what happened. Although now that we're here, I could see that, man, being very clear up front probably would have saved uh, both of us quite a bit of hardship by just being like, hey, here's what happened. I'm no longer with this company. You know, there's a clear separation that's happening, publicly addressing. And we tried two years ago to do like a Jim Jones episode. It just didn't make any sense to release it. No, it was therapeutic. Sure, cathartic (laughs) and all of that stuff. But like in retrospect, it it wasn't ready to be tilled out. So although this is causing some kind of, I don't know, every time something comes up, the whoop thing, you like get a little bit aggravated because you know somebody's just pulling on something that they don't deserve. And like, which is, I don't know why it hurts so bad. Probably because like, you know, in this case, I was in Bulgaria and it fucking sucked. Yeah. Like it was hard. Nobody else was there. Like, I mean, you were there, but and Jamie was there and, and Ellie was there. So the, the people that were there, when they would talk about something where they were going to take credit for something, you'd be like, yeah, they were there. That was the work. And so however they wanted to talk about it would make sense. The only reason for anybody else to talk about it is to take advantage of some like knowledge that they think they have in order to sell and monetize something that they didn't go through. The only thing I can compare it to is like, you know, I was at Jim Jones when uh, Johnny and James were competing. Like, they were doing really well in jiu-jitsu. I think there's yeah. some gold medals made and some belts that got earned. Um, I'm thinking of just selling a whoop band and a workout that talks about my, you know, my 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 world's gold medal that I was there for in jiu-jitsu. Because I, that, that's, like, <laughs> the only other thing I can compare to. It's fucking ridiculous. Somebody was not there. Like, yes, the brand name was associated Mm -hmm. with getting the gold medal. Like, they trained at this particular facility. So I could say the jiu-jitsu team is working hard, and we released a program on how to get an IBJJF gold medal or an Abu Dhabi gold medal or a Masters Worlds medal. But the funny thing (laughs) is they're not, and this is the same thing with the movie business, the training they were doing there was not the act, they weren't training the activity that, uh, with you know, within which they they earned that medal, <laughs> right. which also you know for an actor, mm-hmm. um, the gold bars that they earn, <laughs> right, um, are 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 not uh, given to them for the physical training that they did. Is there something? I mean, is there I, any? I, I, I dropped the ball on that analogy. But is there any but, kind of way? I, I kind of see where you're going to. The, I have a good one. I'm sure. just waiting for the right time. But keep okay. going. I is, think I have a good. one. Is there any kind of way that is like non-egregious that you could associate yourself with an event that happened where somebody else did the work and and got the recognition for doing the work and you're a part of like. I I would say in the case of like if I was a training partner to a process but I was not in control of it I'd be like yeah you probably have some right to talk about it 
like because you were there and you were on the receiving end. So but, like, and you would also talk from talk about it from the standpoint of the part you played in it. Yeah, I've been a training partner for multiple UFC fight, fighters, like some big shows. Um, one of the guy Evan Tanner for a while trained in Salt Lake City, and we trained with him often. I got beat up by him more than a handful of times. I have no fucking clue what it's like to go into the UFC and lose or win, right? So I would never talk about it from that aspect. Right. But if somebody wanted to talk about the training and preparation for it, I'd be like, well, I kind of like have an idea of what it was like. I was there for a training camp. It sucks. Yeah. But even then, I would highlight the fact that I was not in control of it, and I don't even understand a fraction of what was going on. Yeah, and I mean, I, I train, when I trained at Burdick's, there was two or three multiple world record holders there and numerous lifts, totals, and whatever. Yeah, He wrote the program. I trained with those people every day. I wouldn't go like, oh, I wrote the Jeremy Avia, you know, road to weighing 200 pounds and pulling 900 program, but I was for sure there and saw it happen and was a part of, like, putting those plates no, on did the bar. It. Yeah, right. 900-pound deadlifter yeah, right there. I right did it, yeah. I, I was a foot away, saw the bar come off the ground, you know, angle the video the right way. Like, did Keegan lift that? And because and because you were there and you are now part of nonprofit, we can kind of say the nonprofit team is a 900-pound deadlifting team, right? That's the strength program pretty much gets you a 900-pound deadlift, <laughs> all, almost without trying, just, or, just by buying the manual. Which is forty seven dollars on the nonprofit media yeah, website. Exactly. Find it now. And there we go. Um, Fifty three. Sorry, the more you're talking about Jim Jones, the more I'm thinking about how to plug everything we possibly can to make money. <laughs> Instead of just giving, like, okay, so, uh, so I wrote this thing. I, 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 I and and I kind of agonized with over it. I mean, obviously, I have friends who like I don't get the emails from Jim Jones anymore, yeah, right. but other people who've tried to unsubscribe. Um, they still get them. They still get them. That mailing list is gold for ClickFunnels. They're not going to give that up easy. That's yeah. They're talking to the marketing people that we kicked out. Yeah, like probably. <laughs> and so, like, a couple of different people sent me emails like, "Hey, isn't this your IP?" Or you know, whatever. Um, Thanks. And, 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 <laughs> yeah, that's like that's the kind of shit I love waking up to, man. It, it's a good day. I know that is coming. So I got kind of pissed off, and then and then the number of times it's happened are not insignificant in the last few years um and i've thought that you know most of the time i was taking the hot you know a couple of times i'd sent a, a text or a screenshot or you know something of the actual document that had been signed mm -hmm. like hey i'm kind of adhering to this be nice if y'all did too um uh and you know talk to my attorney on a couple things you know a couple of different times about you know okay well you can send them a cease and desist i'm like eh, just like confronting it head on did never do any good and nor did i uh, actually push through because there was this there was a period of time where i'm just like yeah I, um if the company was built on my back and i took my ball and went home and legally did so mm -hmm. it puts them in a bad spot you know the agreement that we had was to share copyright of the seminar manual yeah so they could continue using it to you know because that's where the majority of the income was coming from which they also have to admit because all of the income that I earned as an individual um, on those jobs did not go into the company bank accounts. It went into, like, that work allowed Lisa and I to keep the money in the money that the company earned in the company. Yeah. So 
the 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 benefit of me doing those jobs and trying to have the association yes the financial benefit came to us as a as individuals the company earned the you know got the stature you know based on the back of that work but there was never any money sharing there were never any contracts the the brand itself did not you know never did anything hmm. you know like because a brand can't do anything it just it's abstraction just represents something an idea whatever um, so there was a, a point there where I did feel some culpability about like, oh, they, there is nothing there anymore because it was mostly, you know, mine, right. I'll say, or my creation or whatever. Yes, I, I, I absolutely acknowledge that it wouldn't have happened without my relationship to other people who were involved in the, in the company in a way. But the, so I never pushed back that hard. And then this was this most recent thing with the movie prep team deal. It's just like one last straw, I guess. It was the one too many. So the way to respond is not like, hey, I'm going to see you. I'm going to take you to court and, you know, make a whole big deal. No. Whatever you think has value that I actually own, I'm just going to give away. And because maybe, you know, sweeping the leg is the right answer as opposed to punching someone in the, you know, in the face, which I have learned in the last few weeks. Tornado so. kick? Tor- <laughs> Is that what you were doing with Josh yesterday? Or was <laughs> that today? Tornado kicks. Tornado kicks. Um, uh, sorry. sorry. Jesus, sorry. man. I guess it's not as sneaky when people know you got it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I don't even know what a... Tornado kick. Crane like kick. A, Crane kick. Uh, like a 720 ending in a kick, or is that a... <laughs> I think it's just a 360. That's you, a, okay. You strike it's me a, more a as a question mark kick kind of guy. <laughs> but we can dive into that. <laughs> Not on there. Okay, so here's the analogy. Yeah. Because okay. one of you said maybe 10 minutes ago, I don't know why it hurts so much. Something like that. And you said something about my baby, my creation. And my first thought when you said that, or whoever said it, was it probably to a degree hurt so much because it's like your child died. Because in my mind, without you there, Jim Jones doesn't exist. It's just words on a sign. Mm-hmm. But now somebody's walking around like a pug wearing your child's clothes going give me the same food and money that i was getting before because i'm the same thing but it's no longer that thing nice i don't know if that's a good analogy but in my head i giggled quite a bit i, I was <laughs> i'm it's like a weekend I, at bernie's pretty much <laughs> that, that's that's I, how it feels I, and i wasn't even fucking there <laughs> jesus christ i feel some memes coming on man that's a good idea I've got a couple. I've been <laughs> yeah. I've been stewing for a little. I didn't even open the email that came through. Okay, like I saw it, saw that it said movie training program, and I'm like, this is gonna ruin my day, so I'm just gonna close it. Yeah, and then later you brought it up, and ah, fuck, now I gotta God read it. it. Now I gotta. Now I can't avoid it. <sighs> but I think the response, like reading the original um, response, was the one that I think you needed for yourself and then reading what came out of it was what everybody else actually probably needs to hear in order to not support the thing that doesn't exist that they think that it does yeah right and that's really the only reason to be outspoken isn't to hurt other people it's to actually save other people from wasting their money and their resources to investing in something that actually is quite fake and it's not the thing that they think that it is there's plenty of people that heard you on um uh, evans podcast and cleared hot and Mm -hmm. who associate you with jim jones and went there 
and spent their hard-earned money on a thing that you have that that would not have anything to do with you. Yeah, I don't. You don't even know what is there now. I mean, yeah, what for sure. I, I mean, I guess we'll just talk, I'll talk about the thing. Mm-hmm. So the response was simply, I mean, yes, the original, my original written response was, you know, the one that I needed mm-hmm. in order to calm down enough to <laughs> craft a... To write the one everybody else could read. Yes. That, you know, just didn't seem like, me, 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 you know, or sure. what, like, you know, just aggro for whatever reason, but it needed to be explained. And so I wrote an, an, an essay you know, basically talking about human nature and, you know, what I, I think the, the pertinent thing is that if you're, it go, goes back to the, like, the only thing that can be sold is the training regimen or plan or program or whatever. Um, like, but it, but a, a program on its own doesn't have any value. It does it has no value. Mm. I mean, yeah, it's a novelty kind of thing. Like, Okay, you know, a couple of people have said, "Hey, I started doing it." You know, day one was pretty hard. I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, huh?" Try doing that on less than 1,800 calories a day. I was just say you should have been there for uh, you know eight, you know, or whatever, and, yeah, and yeah. not and just because there are other bits that get added in, and mm-hmm. like, okay, how do you do? How do you tolerate this much training plus the fight training? You know, choreography, this, that, and the other thing. You know, going on day after day after day, week after week mm-hmm. for, you know, a 16 week shoot ultimately, I think. I mean, it was, from, you know, principal was early November to, so yeah, a, a, a more 12 week shoot, I think, or maybe it was only 10 because we had a two week hiatus, but, but a ton of prep going in, you know, going mm-hmm. into the shoot and that sort of thing. So how do you do that? You know, with the, with that amount of calorie restriction that was going, that was happening, and yeah, well, it was, it had to do with all the other means that were in place to help keep, you know, keep people healthy. Dynaball. No, <laughs> no, we, the, they were from another company. I mean, it's called D-Ball. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> medicineball.net or something. I can't remember where we used to get those things. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Medicineball. <laughs> Medicineball, not, yeah. not D-Ball. Not D-Ball. Sorry, yeah. I, yeah, I said it wrong. Yeah, exactly. D-Ball. Yeah, D-Ball is in like the heavy sandbag. Yeah, yeah see, yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah, D hyphen B-A-L-L, so, not some, B-O-L. Sorry, some, uh, some fat guy. Um, yeah. Saw the picture of lean people. Yes, and he's never been like that. So he just commented drugs, and so I was I, I felt like yeah, he his his truth need to be expressed. Well, his truth, you know, we should say what was his name. We should say his name. Oh, his name? No, I don't care. I'm <laughs> just like because his 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 opinion matters. You know, his his For sure. like fine, great. You're still fat, dude. For sure. Go fuck yourself. Like, and, good, I mean, that's good. just the 2020 response to anybody that has abs or shoulders or biceps at this point. You go, oh, drugs. Yeah. yeah. It's just what fucking people say as they, it, like, lick the Cheetos I'm, off their fingers. To be put fair, though, I'm like, and, I'm really um, I'm grateful for those comments because they are good teaching points. Like, they, they allow you to actually, and I'm being 100% genuine, they allow you to kind of see what most people think like. Yeah. Which is they see something that they can't do. Therefore, here's how I frame it to make it possible and also not hold myself accountable. Would you say also that they don't want to do because they could do it if in the right circumstances, but they choose not to because sure. it's too hard or they've tried or they haven't tried to do anything long enough that trying to do something feels impossible? Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
anybody uh, and I mean this generic you, you, mean, you, you need to try and it seems impossible at first but the longer you keep trying the sort of more of more attainable it might become is that the, what you're saying potentially easier? yeah I mean it seems, it, it seems outlandish like, but it could actually so, be the thing so okay. let's say let's numbers wise there's 30 guys on set right they uh, let's say a fraction of them show up prepared or close enough to what we're trying to resemble that they're kind of out. So let's say now there's 25 guys who are not in good condition who need to arrive someplace that they are not now, right? And they don't do it normally through their behavior. They have to modify their behavior and their training, their eating habits and their sleeping habits in order to arrive at this place. Out of those 25 people, one or two never arrive. Out of those one or two that are unable to do it, I would say genetics and drug use has nothing to do with why they can't do it. It is all inside their own head. But also, and tell me if I'm wrong, you guys have been on movie jobs. Mm -hmm. When you're getting paid to work out and eat, it's super easy. Yeah, because pain goes away once you have cash in hand. Right. (laughs) And (laughs) (laughs) Right? Is that like, that's the antidote to suffering is just like hand somebody cash and exercise no longer feels bad. And as we see with politicians and other celebrities and people who we presume make a good amount of money, they're all fucking shredded. Yeah. And that's why Olympic athletes um, set world records because look how rich they are. They're all billionaires. Yeah. So, okay. Now that we cleared that up. Yep. So money. This is, this is taking a horrible, (laughs) horrible turn. (laughs) Um, so I, uh, I drove pessimistic prime in today instead of optimistic. Okay. So, I mean, I, I would say, like, I mean, maybe it should be fair to be clear about, like, like what are the good, what were the good things about the organization previously um, that you belonged to? Like, what, what were the things that you would save and inject into something else? Can, can I ask a precursor to that? Yeah. Why did it start? Because of Greg Glassman. <laughs> nice. If, if you, you know, read the, if somebody wants to go read the preface to training for the new alpinism, I think there's the, uh, I wrote the forward for that. Steve House and Scott Johnston mm-hmm. put together that book. And part of, you know, the opening, um, sort of the forward for that part of it is like I was I I think I was on the vanguard of the of the alpine climbers who were art actually starting to use artificial training gym training weightlifting that kind of organized training um in a way that maybe hadn't been done before whether that's true or not I don't know but I that's my impression is that we were trying to invent some you know living in a city and like if I was a mountain guide and lived in the mountains and I was out in the mountains all the time, I wouldn't need to do anything to be fit and capable to go to the mountains. Because right. Because they'd be right there. They'd, they'd be there and I would be out among them all the, all the time. So living in a city, obviously, you, had, you know, develop certain characteristics, um, you know, in the artificial environment that you can create or maybe have access to that may be transferable to, you know, the mountains. And certainly in the beginning when I was trying to do um, things that were beyond my uh, – physical capability not like just technical sort of capability but the actual fitness was a problem and so that you know lack of fitness needed to be corrected or um we came up we had some ideas we tried some stuff you know i took a lot of stuff from you know uh 
some higher level rock climbers that I was climbing with, but who didn't really go to the mountains, but, you know, ended up in the weight room with them a little bit. As soon as I learned the realized that recognized the value of peaking for something of being in, you know, peak condition, you know, physical and psychological. uh, And I thought, man, if I could time this, to coincide with good conditions, good weather, you know, things like that um, uh, in the mountains, it would be super useful. And especially if I want to, and how do I, what do all of the things that we needed to learn to go for 24 hours nonstop or 36 or eventually more, um, you know, that that's, I consider all of that kind of part of fitness. And, and there were times when uh, I lacked strength to do so. Like there was a, okay, a strength deficit was why I, you know, failed or took longer than I, you know, oh, I had to aid climb because it was too hard or my pack was too heavy because I was too stupid or scared or whatever. Um, and so there were, there, there were, you know, times when there was demonstrable strength, strength deficit. That's something that could be fixed in the gym environment. Um, and, and then later endurance thing was not like the ability to go long was never lacking however the ability to go long at a meaningful level of intensity Hmm. like okay i need to increase the amount of time that i can um spend energy or or whatever uh at at a at a higher intensity because otherwise these things aren't just getting you know yeah if you're up you know if you're plotting because you know you're hiking the pacific crest trail or something yeah there's the intensity is not going to really matter unless you're trying to go do it quickly, which is what we were trying to do in the mountains because speed is safety in a sense like the, it, so, I mean, I had a, <clears throat> when I started realizing, you know, how much, uh, it, instead of doing it on my own, I needed coaches. Um, I worked with Steve Ilg first, um, who'd written a book called the outdoor athlete, uh, um, and he was somebody who was using weightlifting and other means to prepare for climbing for winter triathlon for mm. all kinds of stuff. Pretty and a, and a really interesting guy. Um, and then after about a year of working with him, started working with Jeff Wigan because Jeff had been, you know, learning and studying with this um, uh, former strength and strength coach for the um, well. For Russia, for the USSR, last time, um, I guess it would have been, I think it was 72, maybe, when Valery Bortsov won the 100. Anyway, so Ben Tabachnik was, you know, very involved in the science of getting those guys as strong and as fast as possible. Uh, Jeff was had been mentor, uh, being mentored by him, and I was more attracted, I was attracted to this data-driven and peak force output, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and developed a really good uh, program that eventually got published um, in Extreme Alpinism, which is my first, which is the first book, which is, you know, here's a 18 to 22 week program for, you know, getting ready to like throw down in the mountains, whether that's Alaska or the Himalayas or wherever, doesn't, doesn't matter, but it was this periodized program that, and, and developed, developing that, following that, applying it, it worked well. Could it have worked better? Well, my first exposure to CrossFit, which was in early November of 2003, um, kind of 
showed me that maybe there could have been something a little bit different. I, you know, swallowed that hook line sinker so far that it, you know, came out my ass and wrapped around my ankle. Um, <clears throat> At least you weren't tripping over it. But yeah, I, I didn't. I, I managed to get keep one ankle out so I could still walk. No, but it's making you a marionette. How, how did you happen <laughs> like, upon CrossFit? Um, a kid had come to one of my multimedia presentations in Colorado, and I think his name is Scott Parker. Anyway, he said, "Hey, I just did this, you know, weekend r- seminar retreat, whatever it sure. was. Um, I found this thing. I think you would really." appreciate what's going on um, there and the guy who is doing it is looking for you know subject matter experts or or people who have a certain standing in communities that he doesn't have access to to basically learn the way and take the way to that particular community Um, and that's what happened so I he gave me Greg's email I sent an email Greg invited me out for a weekend I drove, you know, drove out to Santa Cruz, got my ass completely, you know, turned inside out and then handed back to me. And I mean, at the end of the day, it was like after I was probably fight gone bad or one of those, one of the the OG CrossFit workouts afterwards, I was just like, can we have a soloing on loose rock competition now? (laughs) Right. Because fuck all these guys. Fuck this. Um, And and then developed a, you know, a, Greg and I had, you know, weekly conversations about stuff and it developed into something where I, you know, I, I went all in and became one of their first, you know, people to have the coach certificate, which is pretty, you know, I, I still revere and held on to it. That's nice. the one that's hanging up in the office, right? That's the it's, only, it should just hang that up. <laughs> that should be the only thing. Uh, to, I don't know where it is. I'm pretty. I can go. I can find it. But um, I can print out know. all my OPT certs. Yeah, exactly. You or, can print out all your Jim Jones ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, did you ever get the final one where you got the? No, the thing? I, I didn't do the apprenticeship with a Mr. Rob McDonald, which means my education was lacking. Oh, but my man. soul has. Were those conducted at Chakarama? <laughs> yeah, How, I have a T-shirt <laughs> idea for you. Uh, yeah, it's gonna say. Mark Twight, I canceled Glassman. <laughs> I've been less racist than you for 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except, what was it, until 2004 or five? You know, after ha- ever after having seen how some people who were inside the organization got treated. Sure, yeah. yeah. You know, um, Christopher Summer, Rob Wolf, Dan yeah. John, yeah. and I was just like, ah, I see how this is a list of of yeah. folks that are going to get canceled essentially yeah. Yeah. from the you know from the mothership and so, so ironically Greg Glassman created cancel culture <laughs> and you it came could, full circle I mean you literally could say that I, I mean at least within that organization yeah for I, sure I always appreciated their way of how they approached and I would say this is like something that I think more people need to do if you have a good position and you believe in it and yeah. uh, then public opinion is probably the most important thing to your business or idea or concept. And CrossFit has always pushed that. They got really smart. Their antagonists were all lawyers. So they they attorneyed up Mm. and had them say the appropriate things, but they always brought everything in the public view. So whether they're fighting NSCA or some 
Coca-Cola or something like that, they bring it up in front and don't fight behind closed doors, which I think is really important to see how people interact because businesses and people do really shitty things when it's not public. Right. Like they sue the fuck out of each other for shit mm-hmm. that they know is it like trying to in separating in a company and trying to keep all the 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 material is just shitty. Like if you I, I don't I don't know why you would ever do that. It's not yours. So make up new shit or, you know, or admit yeah. it. If you are who you say you are, then you should be able to come up with right. something of equal value, equal or greater value. Yeah. But if you're not, then it's best to hide behind something that was, you know, th- that shield. Yeah. Put, you know, print the... The Spartan no. shield? Oh, yeah, the Spartan shield. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and get a bunch of, you know, not too many, um, 299 or 98 other people you can trust because one of them you can't. Um, I did, got betrayed. Well, anyway, whatever. I don't remember the exact story, but... <clears throat> It's that fucking hunchback. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. Yeah, um, you guys really made his shoulder. You made his shoulders look fucking great. I don't know how you pulled that off, but he was fucking shredded. Just one-sided dumbbell pressing from like a yeah. weird angle. <laughs> Man, that's what do you what do you want me to do? Right arm only, sixteen weeks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That uh, that one was a suit. No, <laughs> I think I saw it. I think I saw him one day when he was coming getting out of costume and it just you know, it just looked like like it would be really horrible to be in that thing i bet it oh, is for, oh, it's probably so fucking heavy yeah heavy because sweaty it's, it, that was oh, it like he probably lost the most weight of anybody on the whole fucking set <laughs> just in a sauna suit and he didn't have long. to train just like put this on you're like yeah, god damn, damn it. it i'd rather I go can... do what they're doing yeah does it still have the MRSA in it yeah. <laughs> like from... <laughs> so uh, I, I came back from the that weekend uh, in Santa Cruz, and there was an empty space in the building that we were renting for um, Mountain Safety Equipment Company that I had at the time. And uh, um, and the guy said, hey, you can have this space. In fact, there's a squat rack up there already in this weird bike that the handlebars move. <laughs> no um, shit. Oh, yeah. That's the only reason I ever discovered the Aerodon is because it was in that room. Yeah. And that was the only... Ex- so That's fucking amazing. Oh, yeah. And in the, the building, it was... Uh, Steve Dankers owned it, and he had his ski... He had a small custom ski f- uh, manufacturing plant downstairs... Uh, uh, Evolution Skis was a was a company that he he'd had and been making skis for a long time, and um, so a couple of different iteration you know thing times in his life he traded skis for stuff. So there was a really shitty lap pole machine. There was a a squat rack that ended up getting used for a long time. Because mm. um, that was November of '03. We probably we still had it. Finally went away in the middle of 2008. I think that particular rack when we could finally afford to get the you know the real thing right. You know, with the pins and all the stuff, um, and so there was that squat rack. There was an airdyne, and so we got a bar. I bought a rowing machine. We put up a backer. You know, the the forty five degree angle rope ladder. We built a climbing wall in there. Um, I started hanging out a little bit. You know, uh, Glassman introduced me to Dan John. Uh, I started spending time at the Murray Institute of Lifelong Fitness, uh, aka the MILF. 
um, which was Dan's. I was just <laughs> in my head going, Murray, M, I. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and Dan was super accommodating because I didn't know fuck all about strength, having never you know, really applied it in the, in the way that those guys did. Right. Um, and, uh, and it just kind of evolved out of that. And then there was a, and so I started training some climbers in that particular spot. We got a set of rings and, um, and built, and Mr. Pink built some box, you know, he built the wooden boxes. He built a, b- a bunch of the early equipment that yeah. we had. And some of those original boxes, I think are probably still over at that facility. But, uh, um, anyway, the, uh, so I started training climbers and then Lisa was training jujitsu at Pedro's and, mm-hmm. um, there was a guy there, Harold, who had, uh, been doing a little sort of MMA type fighting and had a rematch in three weeks with a guy that had beat him before that. So Dennis, the Batman de Gloria, I think was who <laughs> Harold, the constrictor Lucambio was <laughs> fighting. Um, and so Lisa brought Harold and said, Hey, he needs to, you know, he needs more gas. He needs to constrict more he, longer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I thought, oh, well, this is kind of interesting. Like, here's he, this is this is another type of fitness where there are consequences to a lack of fitness. Like, if you're so tired you can't hold your hands up, you might get you know hit or kicked in the face sure. or whatever. You can't. So it's like, oh, this is and and so the whole idea for me was like, okay, if we start, the the reason I had to get fit in the mountains and to do stuff in the mountain a was to do things that were beyond my reach. But also because the consequence of coming up short fitness-wise, which is completely controllable, right? The consequence of coming up short might be that you get killed. Yeah, and or that you you know that you, you stay on something for too long, you can't get out of the way fast enough, you can't move, you can you know it's not just to increase the technical ability; it's survivability in a sense. And so that's why the fighting thing made sense to me. It's just like oh, if you you know if you come up short of on fitness. You, um, you might go to sleep in for a uh, long time. Yeah. Or, or, or a short period of time or you might have to tap or you might lose or, you know, whatever. So I started training some, you know, some other jujitsu guys that came and some other fighters and this and that. And then it just slowly evolved into other stuff. My mind is currently blown that I, I think I could be way off and there's no way to prove this that assault bikes and echo bikes and rogue bikes and aerodynes mm-hmm. are all popular to this day because you got a space that happened to have a dusty unused traded for a pair of skis bike next to a squat rack. Yeah. Cause I don't I, know without the 300 FY if the it, assault bike becomes the thing that it is never the aerodyne becomes the thing that it is now. It wasn't a CrossFit thing originally. Right. Like, people didn't normally have airdynes. I mean, even in, in 2010 when I followed OPEX, James had one because he because did he followed, 300 yeah, FY. Yeah, for sure, yeah. no, no other no, no, CrossFit. No, no, no. He never did 300 Sure. He failed a <laughs> Two, few times at 276. It. Right. But, I just want to be clear. But then when you factor <laughs> in body weight, age, gravitational pull of the elevation that you're at while you do oh, it, sure. you there's then some, come up with like a 305. There's some Afghani math you could do to make yourself feel right. better. But that story alone, I'm never going to forget Afghani that part of a, this podcast. <laughs> That's literally blowing my mind right now. I, I'm, it, it could be because I don't remember. In, in 2003, when I went down there, I don't, I'd have to just go back and see if I have pictures. I mean, I have pictures, 
um, but I, uh, of the space and everything that was in there, and I'm pretty sure there was mm-hmm. there wasn't. Was there a white one? Or was it gold? Or that copper? Color? Oh, it was the copper colored one. Oh, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is okay. the greatest the, one yeah. ever. Yeah. yeah, I love that one. And and so that yeah, that was the one that um, that was in the thing. And it was when we walked in. It was like all Airdynes all over the world at the time. There was like a coat hanging on it. Yep. You know, because that's what they're good for. Yeah. Um, and if people did and, use them and have them at a gym, I, again, I could be wrong. It was sit on it, warm up. Now let's go work out. Right. Like you're not going to use that for anything other than warming up. Man, um, so some of those old, the original Jim Jones videos with pirated music. Mm-hmm. There, there's one. Uh, from the, that I remember towards the end of it, Vince Anderson had come through and I'm pretty, we did some, this something on the, on the, on the airdyne and he was rolling or just like, you know, that uh, poisoned mm-hmm. by, I can feel it right acidity. now. You it. Like your arms <laughs> want to like do this. this. You want to like hide inside your body, but you he's wearing can't. jeans, a cutoff. Yes. He's cut-off wearing, jeans. No, he's wearing jeans, just jeans, just yeah. jeens, no shirt. Yeah. And he's just like, trying to hold himself like and moaning kind of without realizing that he's doing like oh and and so that that but that space was really cool because we started coming up with um with with other things like exercises i hadn't seen like okay what okay climbing is pulling and what not everybody can do this rope ladder thing and we would have like one of those things we had like these bouldering mats and fast ropes and so one guy would sit on the would you know sit on the mat and hold on to the rope, and the other guy would oh, pull pull across, and then he'd switch. The guy that had just pulled yeah. sat on the mat. The other guy ran the rope out, pulled it back. That became you know things of of you know dragging you know pulling kettlebells yeah, across yeah. the the lawn yeah. and and going outside and doing you know ball slams or whatever around the track mm-hmm. or the four hundred meter lunge challenge with the bar good. the twenty two twenty pound dumbbells or. Um, uh, or or even throwing like partner throwing like a heavy D ball around the track like you throw it as far as you can and then the other guy runs to it and throws it as far as he can and ideas to constantly move and be chucking these things in a variety of ways and I I think you know there was some stuff there like guys got pretty fit in a conditioning sense yeah no one ever got strong when I was running sure. that place but. Shocking. Got pretty, you know, developed pretty good tolerance for stuff. I haven't done and the 400 meter lunge workout in a while. <laughs> what is that workout specifically? 400 meter lunge. Every five lunges, you stop and do five overhead presses or or push ups, depending. Yeah. Whether you so so originally it was done with two 20 pound dumbbells. Yeah. And you do five lunges, five presses, five lunges, five presses until you make it around. <laughs> until you get back to where you started. Take big steps. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Oh, it's... That sounds it's, terrible. Because yeah. it's like it, just light enough that you don't really want to put it down. Yeah. yeah. And you're and ideally, you have to hold whatever the implement is right. for the entire... Like, you wouldn't want to do it with something heavy. I mean, yeah. you could. Well, let it, me let me get the language correct on this. Okay. Um, the... Um, where is it at? Oh, here it is. Okay. I, I just want to make sure because, you know, I'd hate to get something incorrect. Yeah. That'd make me feel bad. Um, so, speaking of movie prep. <laughs> <laughs> hold on. It's loading. My, my I just need uh. to get the... the, the um, so, the exact regimen that actually happened on Man of Steel <laughs> with, with Michael was 
we would go outside on the track and that was like one of the first workouts I made him do. Like after like, I think two weeks of like getting him to tolerate some exercise, we just went out and did that. And when we did it, there was like a fucking, it was summer. So there was like a thunderstorm that came in. So we got hailed on and there was like lightning cracking off and tornado sirens going off all while in his head, he's like, what the fuck did I sign up for? That's what really happened on a movie job. Right. Yeah. For Michael Shannon. Yes. <laughs> and then after that, because he was like, holy shit, I'm super fucked up. And all we had were dumbbells. He went, he lived in New York. So he would fly back on the weekend, see his little girl and see his, his girlfriend at the time. And he apparently, like we're, we're having him do some homework. And so the things that he responded to well, he went and bought in New York. So he had an Airdyne in his apartment. And then he went to go get dumbbells. I just told him, like, just grab two of them. Like, doesn't matter. So he goes down to this fitness shop to get dumbbells, gets them, comes back. He's like, man, my neck, I can barely, like, move my neck. And we're like, what ha- What did you do? Like, did you, like, do something really hard? He's like, no, I didn't even exercise. I just went down and bought some exercise equipment. We're like, oh, what did you get? He's like, I got two 25-pound dumbbells. But I had to carry him back to my apartment. And so I, like, walked 85 blocks. So he farmer he carried farmer 50 pounds. And he was, like, destroyed after that. We were laughing so fucking hard. It was so good. And then he was just like, yeah, and then I got these stairs. And so then I would just carry them up the stairs and down the stairs yeah. and do a loop on the, on the stairs. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, oh, like, for I'm sure. Fucking yeah, super rad. The, yeah. the best part is like he didn't like the psychology part. What most people will miss because if you just see the workouts and I could write like we have them all written down for yeah. every workout Michael Shannon did. It wouldn't be like so impressive based on what it is. But if you see the progression of him not understanding what it what why he was even there because about two weeks in they were like oh you're gonna be cgi don't worry about it he did not have to come work out he like understood immediately he would have a mocap suit on Mm -hmm. and that training was not a thing but something had clicked when we started talking about the psychology or the reason why to do this stuff he started showing up anyway so he would carve out his day even though now production was telling him not to because they have to pay for it right so he would come show up anyway because he got kind of that tickle of like, hold on a second, I'm missing something here. And one of one of it, one of those things happened while I think he, I can't remember when he came in, but he saw me doing 300 FY. Yeah, and we had we had a a gold ish thing. So I was just going hard on the airdyne, and he came in. I'm like frothing at the mouth. This thing, I did. It's so old and shitty, but we bought it when we got there because we love airdynes. And anyway, I get off. He's like, what What were you doing? And I was like, oh, it's like this 10-minute workout is terrible. You don't want anything to do with it. And I was like, and I was like, in all honesty, end of the time, this is my coaching style. I was like, you can't do it anyway. You're like so unbelievably mentally weak when it comes to this stuff yeah. that I don't want it like poisoning you and you thinking the exercise is bad. So just don't ask any more questions. So the next day I come in, he got there earlier before I got there, and he's on the Airdyne going for it. And I told him the standard, it's 300 calories, or he didn't fucking do it. Yeah. And he's going, and he, I just watch him, and he finishes, and he's like, I can't fucking do it. I got like 240 calories. How the fuck do you do it? And I was like, well, that computer is a little bit old, and it doesn't respond the same as the one we're talking about. So you probably actually got it. Like, you were probably really fucking close. <laughs> 
He's like, what the fuck? He's so mad at me that he didn't get the result. It's like, You're like, I told you not to do it. No, and these are the kinds. But he would volunteer. He would come oh, yeah. in and try. He'd practice. He'd go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get on it. And I'm just going to, I got 20 minutes. I'm just yeah. going to go for for 20 minutes on this thing. We're like, oh my God, this is a changed person. Yeah. And, and the exercise, ultimately the exercise, the program didn't matter. Right. It was right. manipulating the psychology so that he wanted to do it. So that he, and because he sharp enough to understand like wait i can by way of physical activity i can change my psychology my brain oh yeah well i'm method as fuck so yeah you know that's it it was it was really cool and that last day that he came in and and then drew on the board <laughs> after you know goodbye the end yeah that i still have a photograph of that whiteboard with his that, that uh do you think uh, outro? Do you, do, do you think they have any of those stories in the movie prep program from Jim Jones? Do you think that I, anybody I, over there? Recalls? Well, they can just <laughs> listen to this and then use these. <laughs> yeah, good, good point. And this is why the, I think the absurdity of thinking that there's a program that could prepare you for an aesthetic or a movie role is yeah. beside the point because that's part of the reason to not give it away is to make people kind of like lean in a little bit to be like, well, what do you do? And you're like, we do these kinds of things. Like we get to know somebody and we like push them in a weird way because nobody's sold on fitness. I mean, maybe a couple people are. Yeah. Right? A couple of people show up if they're stunties or whatever. They're like, yeah, yeah, I like, I like all this hard stuff because I've done CrossFit or whatever. But most people that come from that demographic of acting or, you know, whatever, performance arts, they're not exactly like the type that are trying to fucking kill themselves on an FYF session. Sure. Uh, that was kind of the thing that Mark brought into that industry that had never, it's never been seen before. And I, and I would argue it doesn't exist there anymore. I was just going to ask that. It, it, like uh, most people, because it is, uh, it's hard to sustain it. Like, unless you have a internal drive to push yourself and do things that are uncomfortable, after the like cute little I'm becoming a Spartan or I'm becoming a warrior or I'm becoming a superhero fades and you, you get that character down, you did everything that it took. The last thing you really want to do is to continue to push yourself in the normal psychology. Like it, it just, it kind of fades the worth it, the risk, all that stuff kind of takes a back seat. in which case you're like, well, I can, I can do other things that'll make me appear this. And I've already been through that. So I can just lean on that experience to inform my character and talk about preparation for roles and talk about how hard I train. And then I can just do, you know, some dieting and some bodybuilding. And I, I arrive there. Um, the real trick and probably ultimately our failure is how few people continue to do this. And maybe we are better at it now than we were then but that that's what I see as like the movie training experience is like what you brought into that industry that nobody else will really be able to recreate. I don't think there's anybody else that understands this stuff and how it relates to the human psychology and preparing for a fake role like Mark does. And, sure. the, and the other thing that came in was that was always the fuck you I had in my pocket. Of being willing to leave, willing to get fired at right. any moment yeah. in order to, you know, to make sure things happen the way that I want them to happen. And you're never flying the flag of getting the status symbol of being the guy doing the thing. The opposite. Because that's, right. Yeah. But that's, from my view of what everybody else does in that industry, and I don't know everybody, but I know a few or of them, I don't know them. That's like the 
thing they hang their hat on is I'm this guy. So if you want to have the identity of being that guy, you have to be nice and do what those people want you to do. So Ex- you continue to be that guy. Yeah. And, and sometimes, and sometimes nice works. Sure. And sometimes nice doesn't work at all. Yeah. And, um, to, to, to the, you know, extent of you know, like, if I could just, I could probably pull it up, you know, the, um, standards and leadership <laughs> email that went out on one of those, um, you know, went back to the producers on one of those shows where, you know, these, these are the standards that are not being met. And, you know, we don't on previous, on, you know, the, the first of these jobs, we had an actual leader as opposed to the person who's, you know, unable to lead at this time. And, and, and nobody's willing to, um, to, you know, set and enforce these standards. And the, and the result of that is going to be that this cast is not going to look, you know, or behave in the way that, um, that, that you want. And, and, uh, and, and I don't see any other people ever having done that. And I'm just like, look, I don't, I don't need this. I don't want it. I, you know, made a commitment to do it. So I'm, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And, and then, but you hired me for not only my expertise, but for my fucking opinion. And that's, uh, you know, that you will get all of that. And, and, and none of, you know, I'm uh, of people that, um, I mean, just imagine Michael getting like dropped into that situation with, you know, cause Hey, we want to hire one of those trainers from Jim Jones cause they did the 300 and they did the, <laughs> you know, da, 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 and to come down and work on this movie. And, um, and imagine Get you know, like parachuting into that as as somebody with no experience in that industry and no, um, and, and like what you're gonna you're gonna fold at mm-hmm. the first you're gonna you're gonna get in trouble with your dick, sure, which is the first thing that happens, yeah, you know, and then or the second, but uh, and, <laughs> and I have a hard time. I mean, it's such a weird scenario, and the only I, I think, well, I think uh, like when you're talking this kind of came to my mind like there's very few people that will risk their means in order to get others to live up to theirs and that's really what you're risking in that scenario but most people are only acting in the sense that it benefits them over long time and so they can make the dollar so they can continue their place so they'll never risk doing what it really requires yeah because what it risks is having a fuck you card and being like I don't care. I'll do something else. But if I can't do the best work with you coming with me and, and acknowledging that we're going to work together, we're going to do the best work together. If we can't do that, I'm fucking out of here. And you're going to find some other piece of shit to tell you that you're awesome. Well, because some people hang their hat on values and integrity and loyalty sure. and others do it on a bank account and a status symbol. I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I, because it's it's honestly it's like you know and sometimes I wonder why I don't do that like the, the it, money the monetary or yeah like hanger, why so do I speak? have this arbitrary um, loyalty to an ideal it's been ultimately I've, it's been harmful to let my me, let me know if you get an answer <laughs> what is it been harmful acceptable? to besides potentially what you could perceive to be a bigger bank account. Um, because what what comes with that without those morals or ideals that would make it worse than it is okay now? so it's the same it's the same thing if like 
uh, we allow somebody into the group and we're talking to them and I see something that I don't like, if I don't flesh it out and try to either prove myself wrong or prove them needing to change, um, if I just shut my mouth, I think the whole thing will disintegrate. So I tend to say something, which I think ultimately, I think most people interact in their life with friends or close friends or who they call close friends in a very artificial way, which means they're they're acting in a way to please other human beings and um but by all means it appears that they have um profound lives that they have lots of friends that they have these good experiences they get invited to go places with lots of different people whatever their social circle circle is way more um developed as in but in only one sense in that in the quantity of people right it's it's and it's all surface Right. I just see it as like the quantity of money that I have, if it's made in a way that makes me not, God, I'm going to say the word authentic, but if it's made in an inauthentic way, I feel like I would have some kind of negative emotional right. problem. I think it would change my psychology. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, but at that same sense, when you're like, fuck, like people do it though. And right. appear to be fine with it. Yeah, and there's some people that can just go, no, I don't right. give a fuck. I just like... But aren't those the people that walk through the door and go, can you help me? Sometimes. I think those are the people that are battling the like right. the back and forth with it. Because um, I think other people are like, fuck it, yachts are cool or whatever. And you, you've worked for some of those people that are like, yeah, I have 252 fucking right. clients, personal I- training clients. And you're like, you say what? Like, You mean you write that many individual programs? And they're like... Uh, yeah. And you're like, right. <laughs> Copy and paste isn't, you know. Or, or a team of four of the people that actually do it. Sure. But or whatever. I, I, and I think, and I, obviously I'm, you know, I'm spitballing based off of knowing some of those people. But I think at the end of the day when like the lights go off and you're laying in bed and there's like seven feet of space or there's social distancing between you and your loved one and you're just like, this is my life. I don't think anybody's happy with that shit. Well, I guess that's what I'm wagering is that 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 I'm right about that. Yeah, like that. That's my bet. But every once in a while, I get insecure with the bet that I've taken, because you go, I, I'm okay. Fall, I fall asleep easily. I have no guilt towards anything that I've done or anybody that I've treated a certain way. Um, I, I would gladly allow anybody that has interacted with me in any place to come on here and talk about it in front of my face. Like I would have no problem with that. I, and I admittedly probably done some shitty things or said some things that I might not say again, but the fact that I said them at the time makes total sense to me. Um, so in that regard, I feel completely comfortable, but I feel an, a discomfort in the fact that I think I'm doing something wrong because success in the normal sense is a lot harder to find. Right. Like being satisfied with, I'm satisfied with my work. Sometimes I'm not satisfied with the results which isn't just a monetary sense. Sometimes it's like an acknowledgement sense. And maybe that's why I get so irritated about people that claim to have done things that they haven't done. They make the claim, I'm not upset that they are earning money off of that necessarily. Mm-hmm. And what upsets me is the fact that I, I never shouted it because I didn't think it was appropriate for, for, for one. And it's not... Uh, it, and so the one thing that I have is knowing that I did it and, and a certain seg, you know, sector of people or whatever, knowing that I was responsible for that thing. 
so the old, so the old, the, the benefit of you know having done of doing the work and having and then having done the work and then being and then having people know my you know peers know that I that did this but then ha- then having someone take that away the yep. one thing that I kept is you know is you know my integrity and that you know certain people knew but then these people got on a taller building and shouted a bit louder and then it was them yeah so not only do they get the recognition but they're earning money from it and then I could start saying something but then it's sour grapes and I'm a narcissist and blah 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 um you know but again this this particular time it was it, it's too far and we happened on on the right response which is not a fight right but rather to you know a disarming in a way that like if you know we've that, that we're all kinds of people i mean you could just do 300 you know little google search for a 300 workout i don't know what fucking comes up now but <laughs> spartan fitness videos i don't yeah or i mean so there are all those things but but up until the other day when we put put this p of no one has seen that spreadsheet <laughs> you know of which again and it's not a program it's not something that was designed in advance it's right. like and 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 it's also not something made up on the day mm-hmm. It's somewhere in between those two, but there is an accurate record of, you know, it, it doesn't go into the, you know, th- three days a week that I was flying out to LA to start working with uh, Jerry. And then the two week period that we had with the US based stunt team in LA and getting the diet piece, mm-hmm. you know, sort it started, you know, getting them started on it and doing the actual training, what they could expect before. So that um, spreadsheet doesn't, it doesn't have probably eight weeks of, or six weeks or something, you know, in there yeah. of, of stuff, but it does, you know, start when everybody got together um, in Montreal during the, you know, start of the, start of the prep, which is mid-September. I think we had ultimately six we or early september for christmas break well no we had six weeks before started principal i think principal started filming started early november okay and then there was six weeks up until christmas and yeah you you, you're working with like 30 to 35 different you know people trying to get them as lean as possible for as long as possible and put a two-week christmas holiday in the middle of that damn way to fuck it up (laughs) yeah i mean it's an accident of timing but um, and this, uh, I mean, these are one of the real problems that, like, you can talk about. Uh, I'm any general person that knows about nutrition and training could come up with some kind of semblance of a prep program that would get you. Li- uh, hopefully, like, if you can't do that, you're a fucking idiot. Um, I mean, yeah. if you take somebody else's credit f- for what they did to do it, you, you should kill yourself. But anybody should be anybody should be able to map out a program. The real trick is actually dealing in real life, real time, all of the things that come up, which are schedules, conflicting things, you know, actors disappear for weeks at a time to go do other things, holidays that come up. Yeah, to or like a, the schedule. Oh, we got to, we got to release you from this shoot for yeah. three weeks to be, to go on another shoot. Right. Like when, um, I'm trying to think which it was, there was, a, was it trip might've been triple nine. Mm. Um, that Gall worked on yeah. that, you know, midway through sort of the Batman versus Superman thing yep. had to go to England for three, you know, for three weeks. And so I got sent with her to like try to make sure that she came back in the same condition mm-hmm. um, that she left in. And so then, okay, then who pays um, 
like how does the financial responsibility get get shifted around? I mean, there's some pretty interesting politics and some and and other stuff where people have obligations. Or downright like that, aggravating things that you have no control over. Yeah. Like insurance issues or injuries or production companies fighting each other because the one you're prepping for is not going to take care of the problem that's happening on the one they're on. Yeah. Or, <laughs> look, I'm trying to, you know, prep, let's just say for um, Batman versus Superman, where I was on Man from Uncle with Henry mm -hmm. beforehand and because there was only going to be a two-week amount of time when one ended and the other started. Yeah, filming was, and so I'm trying to get him ready to play Superman while <laughs> without busting, <laughs> without ruining like the fucking custom made like this guy Timothy Everest who was the tailor mm. for for all of Henry suits on that movie. Um, he's like the tailor to the royal family at some yeah. point or something like that. He's got a one of those sort of citizen of the you know OBE I think type uh. of award or you know after his name, and 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 you know I was in constant conflict with the wardrobe department because i need to get him ready for one thing but not fuck up the thing he's on right now yeah like you we can't keep letting the suits out like <laughs> <laughs> like it, i mean and, and then end up in in a, a place where like oh yeah we have in the studio in london where we're shooting we have a really good gym setup mm. now we're going on location for three weeks i'm gonna be 10 days in naples and then the rest of the time in rome what are we going to do? How do you, how do you organize it? Who do you, you know, okay, you don't speak the language. Well, no, how, how are we going to set up the physical training? Who's, where are we going to lease, to, you know, rent time in a gym mm -hmm. that's private where, you know, because you can't take somebody like that into a public fucking space, you know, right. dur during the, you know, normal business sure. hours or whatever. So go ahead and figure that out and know that, you know, is that equipment going to be, what can we ship? You know, oh, I have a weight. Uh, oh, there's weight. You guys will build me a crate and allow me to ship this amount of weight down there. Okay. So at least I have the bare minimum of, you know, a set of kettlebells and, you know, some other stuff that got, you know, taken down in a truck driven, you know, driven down. Not a, um, all of the problems are obvious. It's not showing up for an hour. Yeah. You know, or it's like on 300 where we had a totally separate kitchen from every other, like anybody who was a Spartan, which is, you know, pretty much everybody in the movie, um, was eating from our three, three week rotating menu yeah. that was cooked by a guy named Luke, whose company I can't rem remember, but like he'd pull up with three food trucks in front of the soundstage that we did all the prep at mm -hmm. every day. The people come in, they have... They get served breakfast when they get there at 830 in the morning. They get a snack at 1030 or whatever. They get lunch. They get an afternoon snack. You have the option for a takeaway dinner or guidance given to you otherwise. And that is and then when filming started and, you know, you walk into the eating hall or whatever and you have craft services and, and catering for all of the administrative people, the people behind the camera, the producers, you know, directors on one side. And then you have our kitchen on the other side. And then I would go sit every day and you know, eat my lunch right next to the dessert table on the craft side so I could monitor the behavior of the people I was, you know, trying to keep lean and, you know, just glare at people. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. they'd send a friend to get a dessert or something and sneak it back to them, but for so the most part, not. The yeah. obvious problems with trying to train the people for the 300, you know, there's a lot of them. Yes. But did that also, for things like diet, make it easier because more people were... You'd see people adhering to it, so they'd want to, or did it, was it still just like herding cats? 
so that was the only job I've, where I've ever done a strict zone formula because it was the only way I could wrap my head around it of like, okay, the menu's the same, but this is how the block distribution is going on an individual level. Like, so some guys were getting more right. and some guys were getting two shakes a day if they had to put weight on as opposed to strip weight off, et cetera. But I, but because I, um, the formula was easy to understand and we made the definitions with the with the chef of like this is what you know this many blocks of whatever um but be, and and because it was provide like they were all funneled into this place right you know everybody's there for the 10 hours every day so i and for sure when guy and and as soon as filming started i made everyone train with their shirts off that was the only way you could, you know, come to the gym was, you know, take your shirt off because that way there was like, it's, you know, there's the shame. If you were, um, everybody could see everybody else's progress at, at that point. Like it was not just when you got into costume yeah. or whatever. Um, I think it was super helpful to have that many people. Um, because there's a, a little bit of a competitive formula to yeah. it, but there's also, you know, the, the shame part. So I, I would say that it's it's not necessarily shame. I think it's um, acknowledgement Could, of yeah. whether you did or didn't. And yeah. that is completely neutral. Yeah. And when you show up, somebody acknowledges the work that you've done. Yeah. And if it's in a positive way, you'll keep going down that positive yes. road. And if you just get, you know, hazed. And so <laughs> out of all, yeah. <laughs> so out of all the things that you've described, all the like, you know, and that is funny enough, my favorite part is the logistics. Like, one of my favorite parts is landing in a country you don't speak the language and going, ah, fuck. Like, I, I don't know this person. I have no idea how we're going to mesh. I have yeah. no idea where I'm at globally. Like, I don't know where my hotel is. I don't know what the gym we're going to use. And my favorite part is figuring that part out about, like, how can I set, like, you're just working all of the stuff that nobody ever has to think about so yeah it gets frustrating when you're like how did that guy prepare for a role like what was the training program you're like that's the least important part like it really is it had nothing really to do with the success of somebody's physique it had more to do with the conversations that happened with whether they were close to a restaurant that could supply them food or not with whether that the conversations led to a meaningful close relationship or their behavior led to kind of a you know dissentful disintegrating relationship which we've had all of the above and anything and so yeah. to write down you know, the six months of physical things in a manner that people can digest. I think why that never happened is because it's so disrespectful to the actual process that happens. So even now people, I mean, at this point, 1700 downloads of this program or something like that yeah, within less than 48 hours. And, you know, in my head, I'm going cool. Like that's, I'm glad that many people are interested in transformation. I think they're really interested in what the work Mark did on that movie really was to, to, to the highest degree. I'll give that as like, you know, what I think most people want, but they'll never understand what made something happen. Like what shifted the entire culture 
of aesthetics and what the relationship with the different personalities, my mm-hmm. relationship with Zack Snyder, mm-hmm. with with Damon, who was the assistant stunt coordinator on that. It was actually mm-hmm. Chad Stahelski, who was the, the lead stunt coordinator. And um, but having, you know, Damon realizing, you know, us having known each other for a, you know some time before that, um, him respecting the work that I was doing and realizing that, you know, hey, these if these guys do this work the likelihood of injury on the job goes down the, and the only two injuries that happened on that entire shoot were uh, a blown acl when somebody fell on a, another guy's leg stunt guy um and then a guy got hit in the eye with a sword and, and unfortunately the, those two incidents happened to the both happened to the same guy not at the same time but those were the only, you know, the, the only injuries. And you had like a bunch of really hard chargers from, I mean, there was stunt guys from Los Angeles. There was a Vancouver stunt team. There was a Toronto, um, guys from Toronto. And then there were guys local from Montreal that didn't, you know, there's just a little bit of competition among them or they might have, you know, and they, they, most of them knew each other. But there's still that, that sort of. Um, competitive flair, not only in the training, but in the fight training, Mm -hmm. that if you got between 30 and 35 guys that are all sort of hard chargers like that, doing these physical things, people are going to fucking get hurt. And it was really remarkable that, uh, I mean, I got hurt, (laughs) but none of the people who, you know, that that mattered. No, um, shoulder, no, the, 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 really bad thing there was we were um uh we had, do you remember those old um medicine ball weighted med- heavy medicine balls that bounced yeah yeah uh-huh. the second right. you started talking yeah. i was gonna say it's the like the basketball so, filled with but, lead <laughs> yeah, yeah and and so we would play four square we would play like all kinds of things with these bouncing balls and at some some point i mean i was in the gym you know kind of legitimately you know 12 hours a day um five days a week <laughs> and because and running classes starting you know at basically seven thirty in the morning till we're done we'd finish at six thirty at night or whatever um you know and it'd be like five or six guys in a class and it'd be like okay it's an hour-long training session we'd take a half hour break and another hour-long training session, like just rotating guys through all the time and i was f- felt it necessary to prove myself um and so if you go through that spreadsheet you kind of look at the amount of training that i was doing uh all all the time and realize like holy shit yeah i was super i was really fit and really broken the (laughs) elbow tendonitis that i got from like stopping and absorbing the shock of those medicine balls moving was and and we were throwing medicine ball like the the um the d balls at each other or the um what are the cloth ones? Oh, just the wobble, wobble ones, type yeah, balls. Yeah, 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 but they're like so, they're they're weighted, but we're Dynamax you know, balls. The Dynamax yeah, balls. Yeah. So we're throwing those. Sometimes light ones for speed. Sometimes you yeah. know heavier ones where you're trying to you know the whole idea is to take the twenty pounder and knock somebody over. Receiving the medicine ball from that guy Robert who played the giant, yeah. you know, yeah. in in that movie because he was one because he was a legitimately a giant. Um, uh, like throwing a twenty pound medicine ball with that guy, yeah. <laughs> whole, like throwing it for me is totally fine. Rece- catching it <laughs> from him, holy <laughs> fuck! So, so I got really bad elbow tendonitis, like both sides. You know, people are like inside of the elbow. I'm like, no, all the the elbow, yeah, the, just the whole any part all of it, all of it. Holy fuck! 
and then once I realized, like, it took a long time to diagnose what it was from. So I thought, sure. oh, it's kettlebells. It's <laughs> it's the fat bar that we're doing pull-ups on all the time because we had this janky pull-up rig oh, right. made from aluminum scaffolding and tensioned <laughs> with these cables. Um, so, but it, and so they were they were like fat bars, yeah, like one and a half inches in diameter, maybe two. I can't totally remember but um and, and i couldn't identify once i identified it and stopped doing that like over the course of probably two weeks the tendonitis subsided but there were days where i just couldn't do anything yeah and i couldn't let the masseuse oh, touch both it both fucking arms oh yeah, god that's bad. so bad literally couldn't do anything no no that's how Thumb i come in or any, either way no it didn't matter. no it didn't, it didn't that's matter. how my biceps <laughs> felt after tribal clash Oh yeah, I was like anything that I did because I was rolling on top of it and prepping for that thing, and then yeah. do, it's all the same motions. Yeah, it's all the same bullshit. And then finally, it it like ended, and I was like, okay, I can rest. And the next day, we started rolling really hard in jujitsu, and it was like I walked out like a cripple. Yeah, I remember that. And for a month straight, any if I pulled on anything, it yeah. would just blow up. I, I mean that you you just described the other favorite part that pr- pretty much nobody might realize about the yeah. training aspect which is you go in the deep end no matter your position our style is to kind of lead from the front and to be like this is how it's done this is how hard i want you to go and when you add up all of the training you're doing like when we're in chicago on man of steel i feel like i was kind of the the green pig or whatever yeah. it was <laughs> i was the enforcer and so yeah. it was about me pacing and doing pre- and we we're you know hosting any between four and six sessions a day and then we we're riding bikes and racing bikes on top of that i can't even describe the amount of volume that you're doing like legitimately yeah. six really hard sessions a day because they do the production crew and then we do the individuals and there's like three individual classes and then there's usually the stunties after that or something that wanted to jump in yeah. and then it was going and riding bikes with mark because i also wanted to ride bikes with mark and learn more i wanted to like double down and just at some point it came crashing down and i realized how much volume i had and it was like well if, we, if i don't hold on then you're not worthy of this thing. You have to be able to hold on. doesn't mean you're going to be good at the end of it. You're going to get your ass kicked. Sure. But that is also the other part that I I don't think most people really, they think like coaching somebody in that scenario is just about telling them what to do, but most people don't know how to do it. You have to show them. And by show them, I mean like do it first. Yeah. I think there was one day where we did an IWT day on Man of Steel and I mean like legitimate IWT in the Pat O'Shea manner, which is the uh, two times the three rounds. So 10 reps of a heavy movement followed by two to three minutes of hard cardiovascular exercise. You do that three times and then you do two blocks of that. And then you end it with basically three blocks of a kettlebell complex. I did that four times in a day. And I still had to hit the numbers that were showing people that they're fucking slow and they have more work to do, which I think at the time for me would have been like a you know 140 pace for all of the two to three minute segments on a row or whatever it was. And I got done with that day. And I think that was the day you might have asked, hey, you want to go for an easy ride? And I was like, yes, as easy <laughs> as possible. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm going to explode. I was like fucking, I don't know, something like two and a half hours of VO2 max work. In one day. In, in a day. <laughs> and so, yeah, well, like, what's the training program? You're like, fuck, fuck you. That's the training program. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And I kind of miss it. I miss it all. I miss like, I miss the hardship of it. I miss the camaraderie of it. I miss the like unknowns, the fearfulness of it, like landing in Dakar and being like, what the fuck that that's like a pivotal moment. There's a song that goes along with me taking off from DC to Dakar. And I just like, I, I can't, I was nervous for that entire flight. I was like sweating. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't do anything. Cause man, it was all on the line. It was all like, I'm representing somebody who built this thing. I better not fuck it up. And, and, and at the time I was representing that company and what that meant to me was everything, even though now that company isn't paying tribute to what I was working so hard to accomplish. And you just answered your question that you asked Mark earlier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and there, there's <sighs> any number of stories, but it's also like, I, the, the, there's the other beautiful aspect of it is like, I get to see if I'm as good as I think I am at this. Yes. Like, here's the test. It's not something, this ongoing thing where if in two years you're, you know, you don't hit the stated objective. Um, and part of that's my fault. Cause I stopped caring cause you stopped working right. or, you know, whatever, <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. um, you know, that there's, there's nothing there, but it's like, Hey, this person has to look like this on this day. And there's a lot of fucking money on the line. If you fuck your job up, A, you're not going to work again. B, that it's going to cost us a bunch of CGI when you're already paid for all this fitness shit. So why don't you just do your fucking job? And, and there are there are examples abound of, of guys doing, I mean, Magnus, whose mm-hmm. last name I can't, now I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But what he did with the fellow who played Tarzan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a super cool transformation yeah, under relatively solid. difficult conditions. Yep. And... Um, clearly you get a result like that, that that means the actor was on was all in. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there's any number of things like that, that have, that have happened yeah. that have more to do with the relationship and sort of what, you know, I wrote instead of sociopath, I think I said chame- chameleon like ability to adapt to individual circumstances, mm-hmm. which is, you know, like, okay, you have to be the right thing trainer for this individual you have to become Uh, yes the right trainer yeah you have to be able to become something different which in my case is being anybody but myself okay (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean or to do it like another inter you know the on that same one you were there you know in south africa and i was conducting training in a second language with eva i mean yes i happen to be you know but still but still (laughs) it's like it's there's another barrier in, you know, or an obstacle or something, some kind of challenge on on the way to establishing the level of intimacy and trust required for that person to, you know, do to do that work right. for as long as it's is required or, or, you know, going and like, yeah, setting, what are the logistics? Where are we going to do this? We got to have a, you know, a space where there's a gym and then there's, you know, but also the ability to do all the fight training. Yeah. Because there, uh, had two people come over to help with you know, by fight training. Richard. You mean talking to the actors' agents, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that's, that's that sounds uh, like it's just fighting. That's fight. That's, yeah, it's oh, just, right, that's just right. cage that's just fighting. combat. It's just, it's just <laughs> combat. Phone fighting. Yeah, yeah. Because there's another thing. Uh, like you get a call from <laughs> so, the, from so. somebody's agent. You're like, oh, sh-. or. I mean, that that is the nature of most of these industries with, you know, fairly well-known people is the communication thing. If it's not developed correctly, it quickly gets passed on to third party 
things yeah. because that person doesn't want to be put in an uncomfortable situation. So uncomfortable, and I would say tr- like training and development, physical development is based off of uncomfortable yeah. conversations. That That is the premise of any kind of transformation. And so you're, you're delicately coming into the scenario where that is like, that's the faux pas. That's the taboo thing to have with any of these people are honest discussions about where they're at, what their behavior is like, what they can improve, what they should change, the relationships that they're in. Um, and but but the honesty is so critical to the outcome mm. that you have to get to the point where, like, I mean, and and this is something that's it's it was out in public before, but at, you know, in. Uh, when we were on in Bulgaria and Andrew came down yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, we were talking about his transformation on the first 300 and this and that. And, and he was just like, man, yeah, you had me work really hard and I wasn't eating that much, but I was also doing enormous <laughs> quantities of cocaine. And I was just like, dude, I had hoped we would have the, that we had developed a relationship yeah. where you could have told me that because I could have killed you. There's a potential heart attack like problem. A potential heart attack out, yeah. problem there. And he was like, oh, I never thought of that. And, he, and I said, how about now? And he goes, no, I'm not doing that. That's, not, that's like a former life or yeah. whatever, you know, like. Um, but so you have to get to the point where like, I need to know how much you're drinking. You know, yeah. whatever your vices are, I do not give yeah. a fuck. Right. Get, you know, I'm probably not going to tell you mine, but. Um, <laughs> or I will. Or, or maybe yeah. I will. Or if maybe, that's useful. Maybe right. if we have the same vices, we can vice out together. Um, but vice out. write that down Uh, but that honesty is super helpful like if I know that you know hey you're you know you like burning a few at night and I'm just like okay I know that the carbohydrates come with you know are going to come with that so that's not going to be part of your diet you're going to do you're going to handle your carb intake on your own sure I'm just going to make sure that all other moments of the day that you know, that doesn't happen or, or, you know, whatever. If it's like, yeah, you like to drink beer. Okay. Let's go spirits, not beer, you know? Right. Yeah. Instead, like get, look, get the effect without the caloric load or, you know, whatever else. And, um, it, it takes, a, it takes a long time to develop that trust. Yes. And part of and doing the work does. with them yeah. is helping that to happen. Sure. I mean, yeah. I got tremendous satisfaction out of doing that work, which mm-hmm. is also one reason I don't like to see others you know, pretending that they also got great satisfaction from work, from me doing that work. <laughs> I, it, it, it honestly blows my mind that anybody could be under the impression that if you haven't done that work, that you could even talk about it. And maybe that's the misconception because yeah. even, even looking from the outside, most people are look. So th- this makes sense to me now, only just now is that people looking from the outside, they want to know what the workout program was. What was the diet? What was the secret thing that got them to do this thing? And other trainers that know about diet and exercise also think that it's that thing because that's what they do. That's what they think the important thing that they do is. But people who are there understand that that's the least notable feature about the transformation. And therefore, when somebody's like, well, you know, what would you do to get these Spartan six packs? They think that they can comment, but my comment on how to get 35 guys to jive well and accomplish a task is totally different based on the fact that I've been in front of 35 guys that need to do that. 
And so it's more about, well, I would want to make sure that the Bulgarian guys, you know, have a good translator, understand what we're talking about in discussion, understand diet. We have a good nutrition person that also understands their emotional status and the, the even understand the economy in Bulgaria and how this is an opportunity that not a lot of young males have there. And therefore, they're willing to work harder than their American counterpart so that Actually, the most important thing is getting the Americans to fucking go against the Bulgarians for a shot at greatness. And that rivalry will cause them all to excel and get better. Like understanding that that's the most important part. What'd you make them do to exercise? What are you fucking, who cares? Some rode an air bike, some lifted weights, some yeah. bodybuild. Like it doesn't matter. So I haven't looked at the training program at all. Um, there's an intro of sorts. Yes. And then there's the program. Yeah. So Alex, our chunky friend from Australia, <laughs> was uh, texting me last night. How does he get so... He's got a tiny mouth. How does he get <laughs> so chunky? Consistency. Okay. Ah, got it. Hard work. So just to that point, he, uh, he messaged me last night and said, you know, reading through the program or whatever, want to see if any of the approach or whatever has changed over the years, blah, blah, blah. I only read the intro, not the actual program, which I think is funny because I think most who want this will flip the other way. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, in the intro is like just, uh, I mean, some explanation about sure, not, sort of how. And not saying that explains yeah. or could even come close to discussing the conversations and interactions, but uh, it's as much, I think, as what he was looking for. That's that's what he could get from it. Yeah. As opposed to like, you know, looking at the X's and the O's or the who gives a shit. Yeah. And notice that you know guys were doing Fran with the you know with the girls' weight, yeah, right? I just felt because not everybody could do it at the guys' weight, and I didn't want people getting hurt. <laughs> you know, me. It's harder <laughs> to get somebody in shape who's got like a torn rotator cuff or a blown out knee. Or, Amazing, yeah, yeah. yeah how uh, back to that consistency thing. Yeah, Keep the mouth so. small. There was a um, one of the kid, one of the guys from Vancouver, Darren, who did that entire job. Like he broke his wrist day one of training. Oh and it was God. my fault. Or no, oh. I showed him what not. We were doing sprints with the elastic bands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, you know, yeah, reach yeah. out, touch the kettlebell, whatever. But yeah. if you stand up at the apex or the maximum stretch yeah. with the the uh, the <clears throat> stretchy band attached to your waist, you um, you go backwards. Yeah, sure. Off of your feet. And then you land um, on your wrist. And, you know, a guy is a, you know, kickboxing champion, et cetera. You think you know how to break fall, but... Uh, not, not this time. Not this time, and and he, but he didn't want to. Um, he didn't want to see the doctor because he didn't want to get medically retired from the job. All oh, right, yeah. And so he did the whole thing, and and uh, he said, "Oh yeah, it was like because he would he was just like you know two inch wide athletic tape <sighs> every single day, and he's you know it's his good hand. I th it actually might have been his 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 shield hand, not his sword hand. It was probably why he was able to get away yeah, with it." Uh, because that's be more kind of static. Yeah. I did lie about the injury <laughs> prevention oh, thing. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, An ACL but, and a wrist. Yeah, and a wrist. But the wrist didn't affect the outcome. The guy with the ACL had to go home. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's not and, much and you can do this, this, Yeah, Darren was, he was fucking tough um, with that because that was, you know, hey, day one, I think I'm out of sprint. Uh, broke <laughs> broke <shit>. <laughs> yeah i mean uh, it's no joke especially so you that happens in a stunty and you can generally replace them yeah when there's a contract yep for an actor everybody's fucked oh yeah which is why it's such delicate like 
yeah, we do hard things. And a lot of the time we're conscious of that. Most of the time we're conscious of how difficult and dangerous the things that we do are. But you might not realize that like, oh, that that actor, you know, if you fucking hurt them, that's a $20 million problem. Right. Not just paying off that person, but bringing somebody else in short notice. Like if, if you fuck that up, you can't just scratch your head and be like, pussy should have fucking worked harder. Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. What's the insurance sort of Ugh. thing? And it's a, d- a fucking nightmare, but also all that pressure is what makes it such a, a great opportunity to prove your philosophy and your theories and your ideas yeah. about, well, I do things a little bit differently. Um, there's, there's obviously room everywhere for copy and paste mentality. I think the whole world is, you know, copy and paste. And until you come up with your own style, like you have to copy, like a lot of the yeah. work that I ended up doing was going to be copied based off of what Mark was showing me sure. until I could find my way of doing it, which is, you know, dependent on the person, but slightly different than Mark's style. Um, but it, and it also has to do with the different physical capabilities sure. or, or whatever different sort of point bias or point of view yeah. that each person is taking into it. I never would have like, yeah, I got exposed, you know, somewhat, I mean, on a very, very low dose um, with Christopher Summer to gymnastics. Mm-hmm. It didn't take with me because it yeah. wasn't in my temperament, but it did with you. Yeah. And the way that you could get people to teach people to move and still do. Is a, I forgot all about a, that. a lot from that, man. I, and that's like that of, foam pit and the like, the spring floor and everything yeah, in Detroit. I, I mean, it was that shit. It was, I mean, it was super cool. I was only probably like three three lessons ahead of what I was trying to show other people. Yeah, but <laughs> it went that way because you know, a our client at the time, you could gain weight really quickly and and get, and in a good way, like put on a lot of leg size, a lot of this other stuff. So we kind of realized like, man, getting too big is a possibility. We need a way to keep the, you can't just say no more training. You got to keep the training threshold there, especially because there was a break happening mm-hmm. and really sell somebody on like, look, you got the whole muscle thing down. Everybody believes that you're this character already because this is the second installment why not work on how you move more believably? Right. In which case it was like gymnastics is the answer, like superheroes bound and do parkour and shit. So why don't we learn some of that? And so they're like, it, it was just like, a, well, I got to figure this thing out because I have to show somebody else how to do it. So we ended up like renting a gymnastics gym and... <laughs> And you and an instructor for you yeah, to basically yeah. you go on Tuesday to learn the stuff that you're going to teach on Friday or whatever, yeah. or yeah. It, it wasn't quite that, but close, but, but close. I mean, and, and I had enough tumbling background that I could like yeah. figure some things out, but there's definitely some technical, like when you're trying to show something, you better, you know, know it or admit what you do or do not know. Yeah. Um, and I don't see like, I don't see that mentality in most training spaces about a willingness to be like this is the tool that's going to work but i don't know how to use the tool yet so i gotta go figure it out i think in the podcast we did with casey and george that was my problem with like using somebody else's program is you Mm -hmm. haven't actually like figured anything out you're just going well i hope they did it and i'll just give you my interpretation of like what they did or what their thoughts are as opposed to thinking for it yourself thinking about it yourself yeah, at that, and I think most people look at something like, I don't know, whatever task is in front of you, but clientele, it could be in a gym, it could be whatever, whatever's put in front of you, most people think that they've already learned the thing that they're going to apply to the person. And I think we, we 
conceptualize it a little bit differently, which is this person is in front of me. I have to figure out what needs to get learned right. in order to like get them from A to B. Because yeah. maybe I know a lot, 90% of it. Maybe mm-hmm. I know like, but I also have to um, understand that the the part that is most important is the part that I don't know how to do yet. Um, that's how I got back into jujitsu was like, I hated jujitsu. I did it only because I had to, to do Muay Thai and do like MMA stuff, but I really disliked it. It wasn't, it wasn't fun for me. I didn't like appreciate it. And when a client wanted to go back into it, I knew enough about it that I knew that he needed very specific people to guide him. And that's really like on the first day of being like, Oh, I missed something here. Well, and now that's like all I think about is jujitsu. And it's like if I wasn't open or if I shut that down based off of my previous understanding of what jujitsu was for, I wouldn't be learning now. I would have shut down my own path. And I think that I think about that whenever somebody else comes in. Most of the time I'm like, what are they gonna teach me? And it's by it's like an ancillary means. Yeah. You know, on a similar thing is like I had to f- <clears throat> I had to figure out bodybuilding. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because for Jason, mm-hmm. that's what we needed. Yeah, there's a leaning thing. There's a behavioral sort of mo- some modification stuff. And we can go climb it like th- that's. But, man, sevens. <laughs> sevens and strip sets yeah. and, like, all of the things that create that feeling of I can't move my arms or yeah whatever. i want to throw up from doing lap pull downs for some reason yeah, yeah exactly uh, and 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 in re- really re- a kind of a remarkable experience for me too to yeah kind of like oh this is something which i have consciously of like i don't want s- size that doesn't help me yeah that's my training bias right and i gotta do the opposite right now i better fucking learn how to do this and what muscles, you know, how do I hit that one to make it, <laughs> you know, like, look, it, like, and what is, and what is good proportion? Yeah. You know, because, hey, if you're all biceps, no shoulders, not a great look. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's really not. So you're, I mean, there's a level of honesty that's involved with bodybuilding that I think is really useful. Yeah. Right. And also knowing how to move, knowing how to contract, knowing how to like hold yourself in a way that doesn't look like you're trying too hard. All of that has to do in my eyes with like bodybuilding, bodybuilding and the, right. and, and the actual competition of bodybuilding. We have four minutes left on this card. Oh, well, which I was is, just like, I mean, I gotta go. Oh, I gotta go coach right now. Right actually. now. Um, Holy that, shit. That's cool. It's um, so if people wanted to figure out what the fuck we are talking about with this program that we have released and the, and the why of it, it's a nonprofit.media forward slash journal. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you'll find it. Um, I believe the, uh, the it's called 300 actual <laughs> or 300 training, training or, actual. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. And there's a PDF that one may download from the store. Uh, I encourage you to read the article first that's posted in the journal and then link out to the to the store and and you can download that thing and and um and see what actually got done and um it's you know it's free it's just what you're entitled to so uh have at it and yeah leave your comments somewhere <laughs> wherever you want whatever and, you think about this episode just leave leave a comment somewhere yeah somewhere anywhere. anywhere um mail one in yeah nice 
Yeah, right. we like we like that. You could probably figure out the nonprofit <laughs> event center is located at dot dot dot. Um, and, and one of the coolest things of this, you know, a lot of it, it people actually two people have contacted me and said, you know, uh, one asked like, hey, can I can I do something for you guys in exchange for this? Um, but and then another guy from the UK said, I felt kind of um, icky. To, I've I've spent good money with you guys on stuff that you've put out and never. And I, and I feel kind of obligated not to take this for free. So um, can I donate something? And I didn't answer him on the social media on Vero quick enough. So he just said, oh, I just found an Akita rescue fund here in the UK, gave them some money. And then I felt better about downloading that program for free. Fuck and yeah. I said, Nick, Dope. fucking rock on. Yeah, that's Thank pretty you. Cool. It was super cool. That's super awesome. Yeah. Right. That was fun. Thank yeah. you. Thanks yeah. for going down that. Um, you're welcome. And uh, there, there'll be more free shit in the future. <laughs>